Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. And welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Today's friend is Tom from Bradenton. And the title of Tom's story is The Promise of Scalar Light Technology. Tom, I've had people come on and tell me about a a shaman that they've met in Africa and South America. I've met doctors that have told me that they've tried to take on a more natural approach. Uh, Yours is a little bit of the opposite. You're trying to take a more of a scientific approach to healing. So I don't want to give too much away right now. So Tom, the floor is yours. Welcome to Jesse Jameson and friends. Thank Jesse. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure once again to speak with you. Um, What is scalar energy? What am I doing? Well, I'm a researcher. My name is Tom Palladino, and I work with an energy known as scalar energy, what some people call zero-point energy. Um, It's not electricity. It's not magnetism. So what is the promise of scalar energy? It's a new technology. It's a new energy. Now, go back 200 years in history. We were not using electricity. We had not yet learned how to harness electricity. Okay. And look at the benefits to harnessing now the electromagnetic dimension. Well, I'm saying that we're about to have this next quantum jump. Hey, Tom, before we get to that next quantum jump, I love reading. I don't know if you do, but I love reading. And one of my favorite authors is Jules Verne. And Jules Verne, one of the things I love about reading him is he kind of came right when electricity was just kind of barely getting touched right by the scientific community but he knew that one day electricity would be huge tom you're a modern day jules verne because you believe one day everyone's going to be hip to scalar light technology am i right yeah that's that's correct and and again going back 100 or 200 years in in the past and we were just dreaming about or musing about these technologies what's the point of technology It controls nature. It allows us to subdue nature so that it will give us a a more uh, pleasurable lifestyle. It will allow us to achieve uh, function, work functions that you cannot achieve with, with your bare hands, so to speak. So that's the point of technology. And I want to make this very engaging to people. I I don't want this to to be um, uh, too much of of a scientific uh, uh, discourse today. I want to make this very engaging and very, very welcoming. So simply stated, 200 years ago, we were not using electricity. Look what electricity has done for us. Look how we've electrified the world. And imagine if you cut off the electricity, we would go back to a very um, crude lifestyle and would we would not have the creature comforts that we have right now. And it would be harder than ever because back then we weren't used to the comforts. Now right. we are going back. I, I don't know. I don't know any of my friends that can start a fire without a match. I don't know any of my friends that can uh, stay on the idea of no uh, air conditioning or heating. Right. So yeah, it's it's. It, but but it's a two-edged sword because electricity can do good, but it can also 
you know, harm people, right? It's not like electricity is safe. Is scalar light the same way where there's a positive component, but is there a, a potentially harmful or, or weaponized opponent as well? What I've seen thus far working with scalar energy, I do that every day. I, I don't see a negative biological side effect to it. Um, can it be used to harm people as a weapon? I, I believe so. And I really don't want to go down that path right now to, to discuss that. So oh, no. Any, right. Any type of technology can be used for good or evil. Okay. But I'm saying that within its primal state in, as a scalar energy wave, it seems to, to help all biological life forms. It seems to be life enhancing. And it doesn't seem to have any adverse effect. So that's one of the promises of this energy. It's, it's a clean energy and it will seem to uh, beget, if you will, all forms of life. And so, what, what's the key to this energy? Is it going to be used like electricity where it'll be a secondary power source or will it be used for healing? Because whenever I've talked to you in the past, um, we always kind of go on the healing aspect right. potential. I, I believe scalar energy within our lifetime will replace electricity. So every work function that electricity is performing right now can be performed by scalar energy at pennies on the dollar. It'll be clean. There's no carbon footprint. There's no radioactivity. And it's a safe energy. It's much safer than electricity. So sadly, um, the scientific world has, has latched on to this inferior type of energy, this dangerous energy, which is electricity. There's a better energy. There's a better alternative. Scalar energy is the infinite source of energy from the stars. So the point being, we won't have to depend on fossil fuels. We won't have to even uh, erect a, a wind turbine. You simply access the energy of the stars. And now that's the, what I propose. Now, for the folks at home, the stars have been here since the beginning. Tom, does that mean that scalar light energy has been here since the beginning, or is this yes. a newfound discovery? Scalar energy, I believe, is, is the very backdrop of the universe. I believe scalar energy is a divine energy. I believe it's directly from God. So if those of you who have, have that religious or philosophical background that that light is fundamental and light is from God. I'm saying that that light is scalar light. So what am I getting at? Scalar light is fundamental. It's a divine manifestation and you, you can never run out of it, so to speak. It's an infinite, it's super abundant because it's from God. It, it, there is no limited quantity or quality, if you will as opposed to electricity, which is limited, as, as is the story with, say, an oil field or natural gas or even wind. You know, a wind turbine can only turn under certain conditions. Well, what is the new power source for this world? The stars. You never run out of stars. The stars are always broadcasting scalar light. And give us an idea of who is the first person to maybe coin the term scalar light. Are you the only person that's talking about scalar light in the world now? Or are there actually quite a few people looking into scalar light potentials? The, the, the term scalar light, I, I, I grab that because it's accepted by the, the scientific community. Scalar light has always been known as 
chi or prana, or another synonymous term would be zero-point energy. So if we went back 500 years ago, they, there were some cultures that already understood this manifestation as, again, as chi, prana, mana, or life force energy. Today, the scientific community is using the term scalar energy or a longitudinal wave. Well, I simply call it scalar energy. You know, we have to decide upon the new vocabulary, which as, as an aside, a new science demands a new vocabulary. So the new vocabulary is, is now in the making, so to speak. It's, that's, that's a process in and of itself. Nonetheless, there's two energies. There's electromagnetic energy and scalar energy. I am trying to alert the world, to educate the world, that scalar energy is much to be preferred to that of electromagnetic energy. So scientists out there are constantly talking about new energy sources. Some of them say nuclear is the future. Some of them say this, that, and the other is the future. Do any that believe in, in scalar light, whether they call it scalar light or not, do they believe that that's something that's maybe 50 or 100 years away and you believe it's current and now? Give us an idea of the timeline that they believe compared to what you believe. Sure. I, I would say within the next 10 years, most of the world will understand that there is another energy, scalar energy, and then it's just a matter of time before they grasp it and then demand it. Okay. So the next 10 years is an educational period. It's, it's a, uh, if you will, a power curve for the next 10 years. But ultimately, after the world understands the merit, the benefits, within, within our lifetime, I would say that mo many people will opt for scalar energy and that scalar energy instruments will be created to replace electromagnetic instruments. Now, what am I saying? This really is a new, not only a technological advancement, if you will, but it's a new way of living. If you look at the computer and how the computer changed society, or you look at electricity and how electricity changed society, I am saying that the scalar energy era, the, the advent of scalar energy will have a greater impact upon mankind than that of the computer or that of, the, of electricity. You know, with electric cars, a lot of people think we need to get cleaner uh, based on the carbon footprint model by going to electric cars and what have you. But then I've had other people tell me, Jesse, you know what? Electricity only looks clean. You know how much coal is required to, you know, create the electricity to charge that car? So am, am, I, am I hearing right that electricity might not be as great as everyone yeah. assumes? You know, we're looking at the the current military industrial complex, if you will, let's just be blunt. And, and that is focused upon nonetheless, some type of electromagnetic energy, or in some cases, nuclear energy. And many people do not favor nuclear power today for, for various reasons. So we're back to the electromagnetic spectrum, if you will. And we see its drawbacks. And you're right, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to electric cars. I realize that this is, this is a step in the right direction, but there still is a carbon footprint associated with any type of electrical generation, okay? It's, it's just a matter of the fact. Now, the new model are the stars. So what do, what do I have? I have scalar energy instruments that are miniature stars. And I, I'm in my laboratory 10 hours a day. I can guarantee you there's no carbon footprint. There's no radioactivity. There's not a puff of smoke. It's pure. It's clean. I work with my instrument 10 hours a day. I'm in sound health. 
So it doesn't have an adverse biological effect upon me, if you will. Does it have a, does it have a, a good effect on your health? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. So for the, people, I, I, for the people that can't see Tom, he's kind of amazing. I tell him this all the time. You almost remind me of, do you remember in the 80s and 90s when they called Dick Clark the, uh, the oldest teenager or the yeah. longest living teenager? Right. Tom, you have a, a glow about you that just seems very, very youthful. You've got mm. no forehead wrinkles. Mm. You've got, uh, I don't know, it, it looks to me like you've got all your original teeth and your original yes. skin, right? Yes, so, yes. so obviously you feel like this has been doing something positive for you outside of your genes that your parents gave you? I would say so. I'm 61 years of age and I, I am in very good health, sound health. And I would say that the scalar energy technology has abetted my health and we'll get into that. So the point being is there are many applications of scalar energy, just as there are many applications of electricity. And I see a new, a new uh, frontier, if you will, a scalar energy uh, frontier, a new scalar energy paradigm that will change the world. Mark my word, scalar energy will have a greater impact than that of the computer upon mankind. And the only drawback right now is awareness. It takes time for people to, to be aware of this process. So I'm a first time listener, right? And I'm listening to this guy named Tom on the Jesse Jameson and Friends show talk about this new energy that I'm not aware of, but it could potentially help me. How and who can it potentially help that might be listening sure. now? Sure. There's many applications for technology, and I've developed scalar light instruments. And I'll mention quickly three of the functions, just three of the functions that I've perfected with scalar light instruments. Now, these instruments control physical matter. So I can either break apart, say, a, a germ, a pathogen, or a toxin, or number two, I could create a micronutrient. I could create a vitamin or a mineral. And I can do that with this energy, whether it's with a person or an animal. I could break apart a germ or I could assemble, I could create a micronutrient. How do you, and, how do you communicate with the energy? Do you press a button and then a lever comes up and a beam gets <laughs> shot out? How does, how does one tell the energy that, you know, I want to create micronutrient you know, B12 or whatever the, right. you know, micronutrient is? Yeah. Well, many, many of these instruments still have to be programmed and that's what I've done. So the, the energy is the animating force. The energy is the intelligence, but nonetheless, you have to instruct that intelligence, if you will. So I, over the years, I've perfected a technique to instruct these scalar energy instruments to break apart, to break down, say a virus or a bacterium, or uh, by way of an in-phase of application, I can instruct these instruments to create a vitamin or to create an antioxidant. So this is the, the technology that we enjoy now, that these instruments can actually create a molecular bond or break down a molecular bond. That to me is quite fascinating. You cannot do that readily with electricity. So what am I saying? Once we really understand scalar energy, we will be able to rearrange matter. I'm not saying we'll be able to create matter out of nothing, only God can do that, but we will be able to rearrange elements, proteins, compounds. I'm doing that on a daily basis right now. 
when when they talk i know this sounds goofy forgive me but i'm a goofy guy when they talk about the idea of time travel one of the things that they always talk about is how do you take you now and somehow put that into the future, right? Without destroying the bonds of your DNA and everything. Would Scalar Light potentially be able to give us a little bit better insight on if time travel is possible? Yeah, I'll speak to two points there. I believe our DNA is created by scalar energy. I believe the very uh, structure of of, of DNA molecule is caused, is maintained by scalar light, scalar energy. So the fact that we have any type of genomic quality or any type of genomic form, that really lends itself to a scalar energy download of instructions. That is, scalar energy will create and maintain all DNA, all life forms. Tom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you right there. Please don't forget where you're at. If you have a pen and paper, maybe mark down the points that you're at. We're going to take a quick break. Okay. And then for everybody at home, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the possibilities of scalar light technology with Tom. We'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. And we're back. So, Tom, everybody at home, including myself, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. 
we want to know is this going to help us potentially solve the idea of if time travel is possible or not oh and by the way i keep hearing about these tic tacs and ufos and aliens or is there a chance that if there is alien life that's millions of years ahead of us in technology that they're already hip to the scalar light yeah. game uh, i'll address the fact that i believe Time, time is a function of scalar energy. So scalar energy is the cause of time. Time is not fundamental. Scalar energy is fundamental. So if, if the locomotive driving, so to speak, time is, is scalar energy, the, the influence, the, the effect are the boxcars, so to speak, which is time. What am I getting at? When you look at a scalar wave, it's a double helix and it rotates. If you rotate that scalar wave in one direction, time moves forward. Reverse that rotation and time will move backwards. So the cause of time is scalar energy. It's, it's literally the motion of a scalar energy uh, vortex, if you will, that is the cause of time. And there, there are ample examples in nature to, to attest to that. When, when you look at the stars, the fact that the stars are, if you will, broadcasting scalar energy, and that is a rotational quality to all of those scalar waves, we see the, uni the uniform movement of time in the universe. It is the stars broadcasting scalar energy that will cause this uniform movement of time. Now, what I've theorized, if you went directly inside a star, then you're no longer subject to the movement of scalar energy because you're within the scalar energy environment itself. And if you are inside a star, so to speak, you are inside the cause of time. You're no longer subject to time. So, so to speak, if you're inside the very center of a star, you're at the locomotive, you're at the cause of time. You won't age. Once you get outside of that perfect paradigm, then you're subject to, to time, which is, so to speak, the boxcars of the train. So if you want to be timeless and you want to be immortal, go to a center of a star, which is scalar energy, in which you're not subject to, to the vagaries, if you will, of, of any uh, time dilation, of any time movement, because you are immersed in scalar energy and hence you're immersed in time. You're no longer the effect of time. So long story short, if you want immortality, live inside the center of a star. You'll be immortal. Well, good luck. How do I get there? <laughs> so, uh, so, Tom, back to what I was kind of joking about, but a little bit serious about. Let's say there are aliens. I'm not saying there are. Right. I personally think they could be like, you know, USA military stuff that we just haven't heard about yet. But let's say they were aliens. They're coming from these interstellar uh, time or uh, distances that are just impossible for us to fathom. Is there a chance that if there is uh, alien technology, they already are using probably something like scalar light? Uh, I'll give you my belief. I, I look at all the, the occurrences of UFOs, and invariably, it's a very evil account encounter. Many people have not had favorable encounters with UFOs. So I'm saying that in character, UFOs are evil. But I do say that the technology that many of these UFO spacecrafts uh, identify with is really a scalar energy technology. Many of these, these UFOs uh, uh, crafts, spacecrafts can, can move about by way of anti-gravity. 
which, which really lends itself to a scalar energy instrument. Scalar energy is the cause of gravity. So if you have a flying saucer, so to speak, that's an anti-gravity flying saucer, then you can exhibit a, a, the, the, if you will, characteristics of anti-gravity. You, you can change your direction on a dime. You can accelerate or deaccelerate quite quickly. That's only possible in a scalar energy dimension where you're no longer subject to gravity. If you were subject to gravity, those, those flying saucers could not behave in that fashion. So again, back to what we were kind of describing, you said that you're in your lab, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, pretty religiously. What type of experiments have you been able to, you know, bring to fruition and have success with? Yeah, yeah. Um, as I mentioned, I, I'm very successful. Uh, the ability of a scalar energy instrument to break down, to transmute germs, viruses, bacteria, fungi. So does that mean that it has, it has a medical uh, application? Yes. yes. Yes, it does. But keep in mind, what I am doing is has nothing to do with Western medicine. It has nothing, frankly, to do with Newtonian physics. So this is really a new science that, that begs a new definition. And I, I, not for a minute have I ever practiced Western medicine. Furthermore, to, to clue the audience in, when I work with these instruments, I don't work with people. I work with their photograph. So I access a person by way of a photograph. People will email me their photograph. And whether I'm working with a person or an animal, I always work with photographs of people and animals. That's a different discussion in and of itself. But the instrument can find a person or an animal by way of their photograph. Again, this is not electricity. This is not electromagnetic theory. And then what would they take a photograph of themselves for because they're dealing with a health issue? Yeah, in my case, yes. That's what the website is dedicated to. So people will email me their photograph and I actually place their photograph inside the instrument because this is a quantum healing. It's, it's not a physical healing, so to speak. We're working with non-physical reality. And a photograph of a person simply represents their force field. So the instrument that I've designed is not, is not designed to work with physical reality or biological life. It's designed to work with force fields. And those force fields are identified on photographs. Is your photograph kind of like your individual fingerprint? So if I send you my photograph, you can use that to, I guess, channel the energy my way uh, rather than to just some random person. It would go to me because of my photograph. That's right. That's right. Now, I use this analogy. If I can speak to you, Jesse, by way of your cell phone, Obviously, you're not inside your cell phone, and I'm not inside my cell phone. It's simply a, our voice has been modulated to transfer between our two devices. So likewise, when I'm working with people, I don't work with people. I work with their energy modulation. If a cell phone can modulate a, a voice, a, a voice pattern, then I can work with a person's photograph which has their modulated, which has their instructional code, their light code. So if a cell phone works by way of, uh, of instructions, by way of voice, then my instrument works by, by way of instructions, by way of light. That's, that's the beauty of technology. 
All right, Tom. So time out real quick. Let me ask you a question. There have been studies performed where they've had people that have, you know, been really, really sick in the hospital and they've had family members, you know, praying for them. And it seems like the prayer, although it didn't have a direct influence, it seemed like percentage wise, they got better quicker because of the fact that people were kind of thinking about them and praying for them. We also know that when it comes to things like uh, medicinal testings, you know, they use a placebo against the medicine to see if the medicine is actually outperforming the placebo. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that when people send you their picture and they get better, that it, it may be a placebo effect that, hey, because Tom and other people yes. are kind of praying over me or thinking about me, I'm getting better? Or is it actually not placebo and it's complete science? It, it could be both. And I think it is both in many cases. And why, why would I encourage that? <clears throat> but the placebo effect really is positive thinking or prayer or, or simply the, the ability to make those meaningful changes in your life. And I, I never claim to be a healer. I always claim that Jesus is the divine physician. But I will say this, that that's a good point, that people who have this placebo effect, that's wonderful and that's encouraged. And if that's true, that's because of their positive thinking or their prayer or the prayer of others. On the other hand, is this a scientific instrument? Yes. Can this scientific instrument control the the outcome and, and dictate the outcome in many cases? Yes, it can. So if Aaron, our engineer, wants to send you a picture of the pimple on his butt cheek, is something as simple as a pimple something that it can solve, or does it solve more like cancers or certain maladies? Uh, what, would, what would somebody maybe uh, ditch their traditional doctor and go to, to somebody like you or your website for? I've perfected the microbial approach. I've perfected the approach with pathogens, with pathogens. I'm able to break down to disassemble pathogens. And what's a pathogen for the folks at home? A virus, a bacterium, a parasite, fungus, if you will. So these are, you know, small microbes, small germs, if you will. And the instrument is designed to break down that molecular structure of a germ. Now, a parasite, though, right? When I think of a parasite, I think of like little worms, you know, that maybe people have inside. That's, that's still a life, though. That's an entity. Right. So to that little life and entity, the scalar light would kind of be like a little military weapon, right? We said we weren't going to get into the military application, but in a, in a way, it's being destroyed, right? You're right, Jesse. And to cut to the chase, this is why I guard this technology. And to speak to that point, yes, these instruments can break down, can negate the life forms of viruses, bacteria, and even worms. Now, you could see what a powerful tool that is. And this is why, I, again, I guard this technology because I would not want it to get into the wrong hands. Any type of technology can be used for good or evil, including a scalar energy instrument. And for that reason, I'm very cautious about how I use these instruments, and I have not shared the schematics with anybody, nor do I intend to. How did you come across scalar light technology? Yeah. God gave me the wisdom, and, and some of my predecessors had that wisdom, and I, in many ways, I copied my predecessors. Uh, Nikola Tesla was one of the uh, greatest inventors of all time. In my estimation, he's the first man who ever harnessed scalar energy, Nikola Tesla. 
And with that in mind, I am saying that uh, Tesla and, and another man by the name of Hieronymus were my teachers. I never met Tesla or Hieronymus, but actually I met the wife of, of this man, Hieronymus. Tesla and Hieronymus were the, the, the two scalar energy pioneers who, who really laid, laid the foundation to this new and emerging technology. So we know vegetables use the power of the sun, right? When they're growing through photosynthesis and what have you. And then we eat those vegetables. So therefore we absorb the power of the sun that way. So that would be kind of a minor little uh, way to express scalar light, I I would imagine. Very good. I'm going to give you a story. I don't think I've ever shared this with you. My predecessor, his name was Galen Hieronymus. Galen Hieronymus invented scalar energy instruments. He performed an experiment in which he took plants in his basement and he grew plants in the dark in his basement with scalar energy instruments. He took a wire from outside on the top of the roof of his house and he, and he funneled that wire into his plants in his basement. That was a scalar energy apparatus. And he was able to grow plants in his basement by way of scalar energy. In, in, a, in a completely uh, darkened basement, if you will, proving that in may, what I consider photosynthesis really owes its, its primal action to scalar energy. Electricity and magnetism are just a, really a subset of scalar energy. So photosynthesis, the really driving force behind photosynthesis is scalar energy. We don't realize that quite yet because, again, the sun, the stars are constantly broadcasting scalar energy. And again, I'll go on record. I believe photosynthesis is caused first and foremost by scalar energy. Electricity and magnetism have a secondary effect, but it's not the prime mover. Very, very interesting. So you uh, obviously have been dealing with this for a long time, kind of on your own. I assume you have some colleagues that are helping you. Does it feel like you've got like the world's next big secret that you're, you're kind of holding? What does it feel like to, uh, to have that? You know, I guess you could put it that way, Jesse. Um, and I'm, I'm quite surprised that the world really hasn't grasped this yet, even though I'm quite public about my work. I don't think people just, they, they perhaps lack that grace to understand what I'm doing. I have the next computer, so to speak. I have the next light bulb. I have the next airplane, so to speak. And I would, I would hope that people would, would latch on to that and understand what promise this holds. But, um, you know, keep in mind, I work independently. I'm not attached to government or big business. And for that reason, much of my work is suppressed. Yeah, that, I find that fascinating. We've, we're going to be going to break here in about two minutes. Is there any way, place, because I assume some of my listening audience is saying, you know, this sounds like a modern day shaman just in, in America. Where, is there any place where people could maybe visit you and get a little touch of what you're doing? My website is scalarlight.com, S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. Visit the website. We offer everybody in the world 15 days of free sessions. And again, you, you would email us your photograph for a free session. And then uh, along with that photograph, do you have to mention what your malady is or no? no. no. And keep in mind, this is not Western medicine. 
I'm working with your photograph. So that's a good question. But there, there really is no analogy between what I'm doing and what a clinic would do. They're two different sciences. So people simply send me your photograph and my sessions are standardized according to scalar protocol, which really has nothing to do with Western medicine protocol. So every time I open a magazine, I see pictures of good looking guys and girls and sometimes not so good looking guys and girls. Could you in theory, just grab any picture of a person out of a magazine and change their life for the positive without them even knowing? And yeah. Yes. Do you ever do you ever want to do that occasionally? <laughs> you, you know that I have to wait. It's it's again it's the power curve that I have to wait on. But I will say this: photographs can be miniaturized. My instrument over the course of a year could easily work with a million people a year or a billion people a year, for that matter. Okay, if the world ever got on board, so to speak. But you, I can't take a billion photographs a year, so the world is going to have to get on board. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to finish up with Scalar Light and Tom. We'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. How is your business plan working out? Could it use improvement? A lot of companies don't even examine their business plans, let alone review and revise it on a regular basis. Tune in to Let's Talk Business with Phaedra. Host Phaedra Hanks has years of experience helping businesses with their strategic planning. Now she's ready to bring you the tips to business success from startup to success. Tune in Fridays at noon Eastern time and 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. And we're back! Tom, before we went to a break, you said scalarlight.com is a website where people can come when they come, you know, when I go to the doctors, I'm assuming that there's going to be a copay with my insurance or that there's going to be an office charge. What type of charge would people uh, be looking at to, you know, maybe have a session with you? Uh, my goal, Jesse, is to work with the world free of charge. 
and to see healing free of charge. So I envision a worldwide healing ministry. By and large, most of the people can't afford health care. So I want to move to that, that model of providing free health care for the world, global health care for, for everybody. So right now, the stepping stone towards that direction is on our website, we offer 15 days of free sessions to anybody in the world. Anybody in the world can sign up, send us your photograph. Remember, we work with your emailed photograph. And the website, there's no questions, no, no, no uh, obstacle to overcome. Our website offers 15 days of free Scalar Light sessions to anybody in the world, scalarlight.com. Please avail yourselves of 15 days of scalar light healing and then pass it on to your family and friends. And if you want, include your pets. You'll see how your pets respond favorably to these 15 days of free sessions. So, Tom, right now, you know as well as I do, there's a bunch of people shaking their heads saying, this sounds nuts. But here's the craziest thing. When you go to Tom's website, Tom, when I go to your website, and I've tripped over this over the past couple of years, tons of five-star reviews. Yeah. Something you're doing is really helping a lot of people. Do I think it's a little crazy? Have I sent my picture in yet? No, I haven't sent my picture in yet. But I might, I might, I might, I might give it a go. I might give it a go. I, I can't believe how many people that you've, you've helped. Because yeah. obviously when you hear about this, because Tom, if you weren't you, if you were somebody in the audience listening, there'd have right. to be a piece of you that's a little skeptical, right? Sure. Sure. And I, I can understand that. And, and to overcome that, that's why we offer 15 days of free sessions to anybody in the world. Now, while you're on the website, you can look at three to 4,000 testimonies from people around the world. And I, I want to stress this. I have no influence over those testimonies. Under no coercion um, have those testimonies been submitted. So the point is, you know, the proof is in the pudding. That's the point. The point is, if it works... Well, whether we understand it or not, it still is a benefit to people. And this is why I allow people to, to upload a testimony on our website. And I don't question them because I want their free will expression. So if you at home think this is a little bizarre, a little out there, a little Twilight Zone-ish, Tom is used to that. If you want to get a little bit deeper into the rabbit hole, go to Tom's site, read those reviews like I did it'll leave you with your head shaking. Tom, that's part of the reason I reached out and wanted to have you on the show. Right. I always wanted a chance to hear about this. So you really have changed some people's life. Um, I, as I assume there's a piece of you that's got a lot of pride centered around that, right? You're real proud of that? Yeah, and, and rightfully so. But why? Because I want to help people. I'll, I'll, I'll give the audience a, a uh, if you will, uh, <clears throat> a look at what we're doing around the world throughout Africa and India. We have missionaries, Christian missionaries, and we have social activists who are going town to town and taking photographs of people. And I'm going to make this statement, and, and I, I mean every word of it. We've already worked with 100 million people around the world by way of their photograph. There are entire towns in Africa in which we've been able to eradicate malaria or hepatitis, or cholera. There is an HIV clinic in Delhi, India, in which everybody we've worked with, they no longer have any viral load for HIV. We've already worked with 100 million people around the world by way of their photograph. Many of those photographs are sent to us as a group photograph, as you will. Now, you say to yourself, well, 
if that's accurate, why haven't we heard about this? Which is a good point. And, and I'm just going to come right out and say that my work is suppressed. What I am doing will upset the military industrial complex. It will upset the apple cart. And this technology is not necessarily welcomed by those in power. It's not a permanent thing from the standpoint of if you cure my cold, and I'm just using a cold, I don't know if a cold is even something that you could cure, but let's say you cured my cold, you're not saying that I will never get a cold again, right? That's correct. That's correct. Because I only work again with a person's photograph that has their force field. This is a new science. I never meet people. 99.999% of the people that send me a photograph, I never meet them. I do interact with their force field on a photograph. Now, you have to consider, if, if you're watching television, everybody that you've seen on a television, I'm sure 99.99% of those people you've seen on television, you'll never meet in person. Right. But nonetheless, those people are, are real. You see their photographic image on a telephone or on a video or, on a, or you hear them on a radio show. That doesn't mean you're going to meet those people in person. Well, likewise, with my instrument, I don't meet those people. I work with their force field. So a person could still die of a sudden heart attack, right? You're not saying, come see me and you're never going to be sick again. Right. That's but you, correct. You can take care of something that's uh, a parasite or a virus or a pathogen, but that doesn't necessarily mean that five, 10 years down the road, they're not in some... Uh, South American jungle, and they can pick something right. up again. Okay, right, right. right. This, this does not make you impervious to any uh, future illness or any type of microbial infection in the future. If you want the benefits, you have to have your photograph under sessions at the present moment. And it only takes one photograph. You have complete, I assume you don't have to say, Tom, these are my situations, right. because that's, that's kind of a nice thing, too. Some people even have a hard time talking to their doctor right. about certain things. So obviously, right. if a person sent you their picture and they had one or two things that you could heal, the, the healing would kind of naturally take place. That's right. That's oh. right. What do I mean about that? Well, I don't diagnose. Why? This is not Western medicine. I'm working with your force field. Your force field is different than your biological field, so to speak. So when people send me their photograph, I have a standardized session. I do not diagnose. I do not treat. I work with their force field on a photograph. The process on the photograph is standardized. It's the same every day, so to speak. But it certainly is not a biological process because I'm working with your photograph which is a non-physical force field. Um, I never work with people or animals in person, so to speak. You're probably the Guinness World Record holder for having the most people send you a photograph. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. Every, we have an automatic photo uploader. The only way this could be accomplished is with computer technology. And, and every day I'm receiving thousands of photographs around the world. Now, keep in mind, I've been doing this for 10 years. And some of those folks send in group photographs. So on any given year, I'll easily receive a, a 10 million photographs. Well, not necessarily 10 million photographs, but photographs of 10 million people. There are many people who will send me photographs of, say, their soccer team or photographs of their entire church congregation. Ooh, I, have, I, I have a question. Let's say somebody has a pathogen, right, yeah. or a virus in them. 
but they send you their soccer picture from when they were little kids. Does right. it need to be a current picture? Yeah. As Because when they were little kids, they didn't have that pathogen, right? That aura. Would, would there be anything with that? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's a very good point. When you're in a scalar energy dimension, everything is the present moment. So a past photograph would nonetheless be a present day reporting. Your photograph could be 20 years old. It, you would still be treated in the present moment. So the age of the photograph does not matter. Okay. But if you do get something new down the road, could you send in that exact same photograph? Could I call you and say, Tom, you already have my soccer picture from 1998. Sure. Sure. Use that. As a matter of privacy, we usually destroy the photographs. We work with people for those 15 days and then we destroy the photograph because we don't have their permission to treat them indefinitely. So in the future, we're going to have to set up a if you will, a global communication uh, uh, system whereby people can, can call in and speak to operators. I don't have that funding right now. So everything I do is, is computer automated. And for the record, I only treat the photographs for 15 days. We provide 15 days of free sessions. And then I actually destroy the photographs. I don't have a library of photographs. Tom, there's one real serious, scary thing about this. Mm -hmm. I've always believed that there could be geniuses that died with their secrets, mm -hmm. right? If you pass on, because you're in your 60s now, right. who do you pass the torch to? Because if you're helping me okay. and then you go, and you, you're gone tomorrow, does the secret die with you? It, it dies with me. Nobody's shown an interest. Now, let, let, me, let, let me just point out what's rather pertinent and relevant. This is a narrow focus. It's a new and emerging science. Unless you study this new and emerging science, you won't have knowledge of it. Well, I don't know anybody else is taking up this, this narrow focus. I have nobody to pass the baton to. If I die tomorrow, the technology dies with me. Do you have a contingency plan for that? Are you hoping ultimately, like, do you have sons or daughters that you could, in theory, pass it on to? Uh, I have many notes and I'll leave those notes to my wife and she'll pass those on to an interested party. But here's, here's the quiddity about this matter. Whether it's computer science, you have to put time and energy into it. If it's electrical engineering, you have to put time and energy into it. If you want to be a baker, if, if you want to be a school teacher, that's all fine and dandy, but that's a career. You have to put your time and energy into it. On account of the fact that there's no money in scalar energy research, there's very few people who are taking this up. You cannot support yourself doing this. Tom, whenever I get somebody like you, I just love having conversations. You strike me as someone that if you and I met at the airport and we had a layover overnight and we had to wait for a delayed flight, you and I could still have a ton of fun talking. Yeah, sure. Earlier, you said something that really hit a chord with me. You said that you think these UFO encounters predominantly, if you were to take them for what they are, are negative in many cases. Right. Is there a piece of you that thinks that, number one, if there are even UFO aliens, they might not be our best buddies that are looking to help us? I, I, I believe they're evil. Here's, here's one of the litmus tests that I use. Anytime a UFO spaceship will appear close to animals, dogs, cats, or livestock, those animals run away. Dogs howl. Now, these animals have, if you will, a sense of good and evil. Invariably, animals run away and are petrified at UFO spacecraft. Why? Because they sense their evil. 
they're good at sensing that, you know, and, and here's an interesting thing with dogs and cats I've owned in the past, Tom, they can sense a, a really nasty rainstorm before anybody else even knows right. that, that it's coming. So right. I, I, I believe you there. So um, I know that you're religious. I'm religious. Is there a piece of you that thinks the aliens could be actually maybe of the devil or of the dark forces? I, out there? I will go on record by, by saying, I don't know about what governments are doing with anti-gravity, but many of these UFOs that we see are demons. They're, they're evil spirits. They're demons. They're meant to deceive and what they're have meant you. To and deceive. to trick. It's, a, it's an incredible deception. Ask yourself, if, if these UFO crafts have been around for centuries, why aren't they helping us? What's the point? Where's, where's, if they're that intelligent, okay, impart your intelligence on us. Help us. Why, why do we have to wait centuries for them to intervene? They're not helping. You know, I've heard, some, I've heard some religious Christian folks that'll say, you know what? Because they make people think of other places and stuff, it, it naturally leads to less thinking of Jesus or of God. Right. So in that regard, I guess they are kind of, of evil if they, you know, kind of destroy your faith. Right. It's a it's a deception to me. It's a yeah. it's a worldwide global deception. You know, you have to ask yourself, why do animals howl? Why do the animals run away anytime a, a UFO spacecraft comes near them? And if they really are really humanitarian or they really are are of this charitable spirit, where's the help? Why, why haven't they helped us two, three hundred years ago? Because God knows we do need a lot of help with regards to climate and this, that, and the other, right? What are we waiting for? Why don't it's it's a deception? So, Tom, tell me now because earlier we were talking about time travel. You've got about two and a half minutes left. Tell me now the future that a person at home listening could maybe look forward to if they reach out to you and and what your thoughts of the future are for what you're doing. Okay, I'm going to give you a real-life uh, scenario here. Uh, Viktor Grubenikov. Viktor Grubenikov was a Russian scientist. He created an anti-gravity scalar platform. And when he was hovering around on this anti-gravity scalar platform, his wristwatch slowed down. And after he came back to Earth, he noticed that his wristwatch was, was uh, delayed. It was always behind the time. So his wristwatch stop ticking, so to speak, or it, it, or the advance of time was, was, if you will, halted while he was on his anti-gravity platform, meaning what? When you're in an anti-gravity force field, as Victor Benikoff was, time slows down or time stops. Now, that is always a function of scalar energy. So the scalar energy flying platform changed the advance of time. Time either slowed down or it stopped for Viktor Grubenikov. So if we can eventually control scalar energy, we can control the flow of time. That sounds dangerous and scary and exciting all in the same breath, right? right. So Tom, I always enjoy my talks with you. Is there a chance that we here at Jesse Jameson and Friends can have you come on again in the future to share a fun sure. story? Sure, why not? I enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, once again, please tell uh, our, our audience once again where they can uh, come out and, and visit with you. And, and what's your website? Scalarlight.com. Uh, I've written so many hundreds of articles on the website. Uh, invest yourself in that if that really is your proclivity. 
And I think uh, if anything, you'll find it very, very amazing how many reviews Tom's has. And then uh, if you read some of those reviews, uh, they might be touching on issues that are touching your life. So with that, I want to thank everybody for joining us today for Jesse Jameson and Friends. And next week, we'll have another friend come on to share a fun story. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.